0: Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the new P&L, Principles and Leadership in Business, the podcast series. I can't believe we're already five weeks into this. It's been a fantastic few episodes and I know today's will be equally as insightful and interesting as those come before. Just a quick intro first for those listening for the first time, I'm Paul and I run the Amplifier Group. We're a business focused on working with business leaders, entrepreneurs and teams to help them improve their business performance and integrate commercial creativity, that's creativity with a real commercial rationale and reason into the heart of their company so they can become even more strategic, productive, agile and commercially successful. And we believe business needs a new P&L, one that is as much focused on principles and leadership as it is on profit and loss because we know if your principles are right, and aligned with your purpose, and your leadership has a clear vision, focus, strength, and empathy, then your business will be in profit and not loss in many, many ways. Over the past few weeks, I've been discussing principles and leadership in business with a few brilliant minds, all of whom work with companies, each in their own way, helping these brands to align their principles and their leadership to ultimately enhance commercial success. So this week, I'm honoured to introduce someone who works within a brand to contrast these opinions. This week's guest is Sakina Najmi, Vice President of Global Marketing at Global Engineering Giant Sandvik. Sakina is a powerhouse in the marketing technology sphere, having built a career working for and digitally transforming some of the biggest global brands in the Martech sector. And at Sandvik, Sakina has a formidable task helping an incredibly successful Scandinavian company with a rich heritage, a global footprint, employ over 40,000 people across the globe and a reputation for excellence in engineering that digitally transformed the way it communicates, engages and nurtures its customers and employees. Sakina, a very warm welcome to the new P&L.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Look, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today on the new P&L. So thank you. You've got a big role with a big company, um, so it may be beneficial to start by giving listeners a quick overview of you, your background, and what you are tasked with delivering at Sandvik.
1: Yeah, sure. So my background is mainly from tech startups. Uh, Over the past few years, I've been involved in building some of the very cool and successful tech startups from the ground up. Uh, at Critio, my last company, I was the first marketer and over the period of five years, I was able to build a global marketing function. I joined Sandvik earlier this year in January to lead marketing for the digital arm of Sandvik. So my role here is actually twofold. I'm responsible for building the digital marketing function to take Sandvik's software products to the market and also to digitally transform companies' existing marketing capabilities.
0: Okay, so let's start at the beginning. You walk into your office on day one into a business with well over 100 years of success. It's a truly global business with well in excess of 40,000 employees, and it's a company that's hugely respected in its field. They know they need to digitally transform to evolve the business and set it on a firm footing for the future. So they appoint you and they say, hi, Sakina, digitally transform us. Where do you start? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's not that easy, so, but you. I think you start by listening. Mm-hmm. I spent the first few months listening to everybody I came across with, understanding the challenges, current situation, and also building a network of people who could be my allies, friends, or supporters. Yes. Uh, Sandvik is a completely different type of company, and manufacturing is a very, very different industry than I, what I'm used to. The personalities I work with uh, and the pace at which things are done are also very different. The more I spoke to people, the more I realized that I had to adapt my style of working if I want to be successful here. Mm -hmm. It's a 157 year old company and some of my colleagues have been with the business for more than 40 years. Now, how do you get these veterans to think differently? because these guys have been doing things in a very traditional way, and they do uh, inspire them to do things in a different way, right? Yes. Um, I've developed the, uh, when I was very new, I developed the GTM strategy for three brand new SaaS products we were supposed to launch in April, and I started working with the company in January. And uh, once I developed the strategy and I was presenting, I realized that I had to explain and define basic terminology to people outside of my department. I work with extremely smart people who have so much knowledge and experience that it can be sometimes intimidating. Yes. However, most of them, like 95% of the people there are not digitally savvy and have, they've never taken a SaaS product to market. So over the past year, I've been having workshops with different teams in various locations uh, and I'm not still done. I'm still on it uh, and still a long way to go.
0: You came from Critio, which was a very digitally led business, naturally, to one that could be considered more traditional, uh, a more traditional manufacturing business. So what management or leadership styles and characteristics have you had to change or adapt to ensure you can drive and inspire people in a business that is more traditional, perhaps, but certainly keen to digitally transform?
1: Yeah, so at Kritio, Kritio uh, was a very fast-paced company. Like you know, things were done at such an enormous pace that sometimes it was hard for me myself to keep track of how the changes that were happening. Whereas at Sandvik, things move slowly. Uh, decision, and the, it's also the culture of the uh, Swedish people, right? It's mainly like you know, ninety percent of the uh, um, workforce is Swedish, and they, it's a very consultative approach. Um, so, you know, consulting with people, working more closely with people um, and trying to like, you know, understand them and resonating with them. Like, I'm not supposed to be in Stockholm every week, let's just say, but I am there every week just because it's a, very, it's a, it's a type of culture that you have to sit across the table and look eye to eye and get things done. And then also you have to take it back to the teams and get them to like, you know, sign off on it or agree with you on things. So I've had to like, you know, move from a very, very dynamic, fast paced, get shit done type of personality to like, okay, let's slow down. Let's sit down and have a discussion around it, which is really yeah. difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> Patience as well. Like, you know, I learned a lot of it. I'm trying to be a lot bit more patient than I was at Critia because at Critia, we would think of things and next week it should be done. And yes. here it's like, okay, you know, let's meet next month. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that things are not done. Things are still done here, but I think uh, it's more thinking and agreeing and, you know, making sure that uh, everyone's aligned in the, that type of environment that I wasn't used to, to be honest. Yes. There was alignment at Critia, we were, we were like, you know, we would just have a, like a 15-minute uh, 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 huddle every day, for example. Here, mm. it's not like that. It's like we, you meet wi- bi-weekly and you raise concerns and, you know, you have discussions. So quite different.
0: <laughs> okay, thanks so in terms of digital transformation there's a there's a lot of talk about it out there in the market it's certainly a business buzzword at the moment but sometimes i feel there is a little bit of the emperor's new clothes when it comes to digital transformation so to be really helpful for listeners i think to understand how you define digital transformation and why you think it's important for business sort of what does it constitute what are the nuts and bolts of digital transformation
1: Yeah, so I think uh, there are three terms that are all too often used interchangeably. uh, Digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation. These three initiatives are quite distinct and require different approaches, skills, and mindsets to deliver. Uh, digitization is turning information into data it refers to taking analog information and encoding it into zeros and ones so that computers can store process and transmit such information Mm -hmm. digitalization is the act of transforming business using this data it's about using digital technologies to change a business model and provide new revenue and value producing opportunities an organization might undertake a series of digitalization projects, ranging from automating processes to retraining workers to use computers. That is what Sandvik has been focusing on by building SaaS solutions for manufacturing industry based on more than a century of domain knowledge. Yeah. I'm responsible for taking these products to market and getting customers on board as well. Um, so, and digital transformation is a step further. It refers to the customer-driven strategic business transformation that requires cross-cutting organizational change, as well as the implementation of digital technologies. So it's the uh, sum total of all digitalization projects being undertaken by a company. But it is also much more than that. It's as much about embracing a new philosophy and mindset as it is about finding a new way of managing your operations. And this is the second part of my role here, digitally transforming legacy marketing departments. So it's digitalization and digital transformation that I'm focused on in my current role.
0: I think in that answer, you've raised an interesting point that I was going to come on to a little bit later. You know, Digital transformation doesn't operate in a microcosm. Its impact spreads across a company. And by virtue of that, it must also have an effect on company culture. So I'm interested in understanding a little bit more from your perspective about how you get the best out of what currently exists in a company culture when you go to digitally transform, but also inspire and motivate that business and that culture to transform and adapt to a new digitally led way of working. Because you don't want to strip away everything that's positive and everything they've achieved to date from a cultural perspective But you also need to ensure that there is a new way of thinking that will enable the business to move forward.
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting um, conversation I've had with a few other leaders. Um, So in my opinion, digital transformation is not just about updating or getting new tech or redesigning new products. Um, so failure to align your digital transformation effort with employee values and behaviors can create a lot of risks to the success of this initiative and hinder progress in many areas. I was reading a report uh, by Deloitte, um, it's called The Future of Risk in the Digital Era, um, and in that report, Carrie Owen, uh, who is a partner with Deloitte, um, Risk and Financial Advisory, uh, talks about the financial services organization wanting to adopt a robotic process automation despite an organizational culture very of new technology. Due to employee reluctance, it was still in, unable to deploy a boat to carry out processes one year after initial implementation. Mm-hmm. So that truly you know, uh, shows us that if you actually truly want to be successful at digital transformation, you need to win the heart and mind of people yes. and take them along with you. And I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to have make sure that your, the company culture um, uh, is, is in line with what you're trying to achieve. And if that means transforming the culture before you digitally transform your organization, then be it. But taking people along with you is key to the success of this effort.
0: So with any major project like digital transformation, there's, there's an awful lot of resource and investment made up front for a vision of what could be, or at this point really it's a conceptual benefit, later. And this can be a hard sell in today's austere and highly competitive environment, making that link between investment now to benefit later. So what advice would you give someone who is tasked with managing this process and overseeing the digital transformation of their business to ensure they can get buy-in to the vision and the proposition from the outset?
1: I would say communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, great leaders who are responsible for digital transformation at the level where, like, you know, we at Sandvik are, or we were at Criteo, it it's so important to make sure that people understand the vision and people understand what's in it for me. Uh, people get scared. They don't like changes. They, they, they. You know, even now at Sandvik, we, when we talk about, we don't use the word digital transformation at all, just because like people get get a little bit uh, uh, anxious about the fact that. Will I have a job tomorrow? Yes. So these type of leaders need to make sure that they communicate effectively in every format that is possible for them. Like whether it's like global all hands, whether it's sending an email. But I cannot emphasize enough that um, how important it is for leaders to communicate to employees at all levels. Um, I recently did a presentation at one of the digital events and um, I talked about digital transformation. And although there is no recipe of how to be successful because it's a very, very bespoke um, effort for each company, Mm -hmm. but uh, talking about it, I realized that there are some things that I have learned along the way. And uh, one of the key things that you need to do is create a digital ready culture and bring people along with you on this journey. As a leader, you need to be very authentic, be yourself. Uh, You have to be bold, but you need to be real. And you will make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. So don't be afraid to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And you need to make sure that you find and celebrate your wins. And Also, customers, don't forget about your customers. They are the one keeping our lights on. So you need to make sure that you understand the customer uh, challenges and you are trying to help them achieve their objectives as well.
0: Okay, so from what you're saying there, digital transformation first requires strong, empathetic, and transformational leadership not only from the people leading the transformation project, but also from those right across the executive level in the business. So in this sense, what do you believe to be the characteristics needed from a leader of a digital transformation project? And what characteristics does the exec team need to to lead and drive a business through the digital transformation process?
1: Um, I think you know from the perspective of uh, characteristics, I think the, a good transformational leader should have a really clear vision of what they're trying to achieve and communicate again i I cannot emphasize enough on communication because uh, that's the key. Um, they need to communicate it effectively to their uh, throughout the organization and regularly. They need to understand where they are. Um, uh, in in terms of their current capabilities, be able to organize the, uh, uh, identify the gaps and uh, be ready for challenging themselves and their organization. They need to like inspire people. They need to be extremely inspirational. They need to understand the ins and outs of what they're getting into otherwise without like understanding and being like you know uh, not hands off that you you know they they are talking about it once a quarter once a month and then you know let letting the teams get on with it they need yeah. to be involved in it themselves so it's like the 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 way i see it is you need to be a leader where you keep an eye on all efforts that are going on because uh, digital transformation is not just cannot be done in silos like in, it, it's not just one project it's a multitude of projects so you need to keep an eye on all different projects that are going on and then like you know zoom in when you need to be and zoom out when you when you are you know when things are going right and I think that type of uh, personality like you know delegating it to the people through the right people, hiring the right people right, with the right skills, or you know, not just hiring it from outside, but within the organization as well. I think that's super important. So it's not a hands-off task. It's a very, very hands-on um, uh, effort and program that leader needs to, leaders need to be involved in on a regular basis.
0: Yes. And I guess in keeping in with the theme of this podcast, Principles and Leadership, How does digital transformation align with a company's principles and values? Or does it at all? So is digital transformation, as visionary as it might be from a business perspective, is it primarily an operational transformation rather than anything that is aligned with the intrinsic principles of a business?
1: I think it's both right so uh, at Sandvik it's we are developing uh, digital we have so so the way it works at Sandvik is like we have a digital arm where I am responsible for taking the digital products to market so that's the long term vision for Sandvik right digitizing and digitalizing all the domain knowledge that exists. Um, Within Sandvik for 150 years, um, more than 150 years, and then taking it to the market and solving customers' fundamental problems. So that's the long-term vision that in a few years' time we wish we should be able to um, automate the entire manufacturing process and um, it's beautifully done the 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 way the, the company has thought about this is absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. but it is also an internal operational change for example like you know working with different divisions and understanding their challenges i realized that it's it's a very very analog marketing function for example um, in various open, in various divisions now what we were Doing all sorts of events, for example, like, you know, there were so many events happening in one particular division. Now, over the past few months, I've been working with the leaders there, and now, like you know, we've been able to scrap most of the events, and now we are moving towards digital, like you know, hiring the right skills, working with the right consultants, bringing in the right uh, tech in place. So it's it's I think it's it's a combination of both for some companies. Yes. Whereas Backtrack at Critio, it was not so much that; it was more like changing the way we did operations internally, because mm-hmm. we when we went to the a different setup of customers, long-tail customers, our business model was more built for enterprise and mid-market customers. When we went to a, a, a smaller, long-tail customers, the business model we had for enterprise customers did not work. And the product itself did not work. So we had to um, uh, tweak we started by tweaking the product, but it, we realized that we need to either build another product or mm-hmm. we need to d- build, like, you know, re- reshape the product so that it fits in uh, with the needs of the long tail customers. And we had to change the business model. Yes. So we changed the way we we sold, the way we, like, you know, did customer uh, 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 relations, all of those things were changed. So it, it depends on the company, the size of the company, and it depends on where in this, uh, how digital or the company already is. Critter was built on ones and zeros, whereas Sandvik isn't. Yes. So it, it just depends on the type of company.
0: Digital transformation sounds so grand and all-encompassing, but my question is, I guess, is it really truly transformational, or is it actually? just more of a digital evolution. So the market has simply tried to give it more weight to this evolutionary process so it can create a market for it. So in short, my question is, is it transformational or transformation or is it just business evolution into the digital
1: age? Uh, Well, digitalization, I don't think it's a new concept. It's been there for a very long time. And even some of the very traditional industries like manufacturing have been involved in mastering some of the digital concepts. And Sandvik, we have factories that are totally automated with robots performing a variety of tasks. But I think recently we've given it a name. Um, in certain parts of the business, yes, it's transformational. Yes. But uh, maybe in other parts, not so much. So again, it depends on the type of company or the business or the industry you're dealing with.
0: Last week when I spoke to Tom Cheesewright, the respected British futurist for this podcast series, I asked him a question based on a point he made in his book. He said that the evolution of humans largely revolved around the development of tools. In fact, so much so that the early periods of our evolution as humans are a reflection of the materials we had to make the tools with, so the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, and so on. He also said that tools are the solution to the problem, so naturally, in order to make the tool or develop the solution, you have to understand what the problem is. So I'd like to shine, keep this in mind and shine a light on digital transformation specifically and ask you whether you think that, generally speaking, business leaders lack the tools to digitally transform their business, or do you think they haven't quite identified the problem to make the tool for?
1: So I, I don't think there is a shortage of tools. Um, in fact, there are numerous tools available to solve even a small problem. Um, I think one of the key things is finding the right tool for the right challenge you're facing. Um, that's where, like, you know, uh, people might, I mean, we are spoiled for choice when it comes to tools, to be honest. Like, yes. you know, there are so many um, new tech companies coming up with all sorts of different solutions to uh, all sorts of different problems. I think the biggest challenge uh, the, these companies face um, is uh, is getting their strategy right. Because there is no formula for digital transformation, mm-hmm. uh, and it's bespoke for every business and every department within a business, that's where some of the business businesses and leaders struggle. And once they identify and create the right strategy, they, they, maybe the next problem is identifying the right tool to be able to, like you know, um, uh, solve that uh, challenge. Um, but starting off, like there is. Uh, there are a lot of tools available like you know when when i started this effort um, at uh, if, at critio or at um, uh, sandweg uh, looking for an ai tool there is a whole bunch of tools out there you just need to identify what's right out there for for you so that's that's my opinion
0: if you are to develop a digital strategy you need to have an end in mind or a strategy of any kind you need to have an end in mind But with digital transformation, in some business communities, there seems to be a lack of clarity about what digital transformation is, and as a result, what it can deliver. So they seem to be more focused on the process of digital transformation rather than the end in mind. That must have an impact on strategy. So for those about to enter the digital transformation process, can you give any advice about how you define strategy and how you define the end goal? When you're not entirely, I guess you're not entirely sure what the process is and what digital transformation means. What's the end when you're not entirely sure of the means?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the key things is to understand where the uh, where you are, what your capabilities are. Right, uh, a company like Sandvik with forty thousand employees cannot just embark on a digital transformation journey and just say, "Okay, tomorrow we're going to start digital transformation." It's yes. not possible. It's impossible. And uh, recently, we've had uh, uh, some change in the leadership as well. Um, uh, I think one of the key things is to understand the market, where the market is going. Where, where? So, so the first thing that Sandvik did, and rightly so, was to do a market survey to understand, like you know, the capabilities that exist. To understand that you know where the where the customer is moving. What are the challenges the customers having? And how is Sandvik positioned to solve those problems? And realize that Sandvik, being a market leader in the industry, is the only company that actually can solve those customer problems. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know we took a step back and thought about like, okay, what are the, there are numerous problems that Sandvik can solve today, but like, what are the fundamental problems that Sandvik can solve? If without sacrificing any of the core uh, things, because at the end of the day, you need to continue to generate revenue. You need to continue to, to do the things. So without sacrificing any of the things that are being done right now, what is one thing that Sandvik can start with? And I think that's a right way to go. You need to identify and then think about, okay, where do we start? Once you, and in order to get started, what do you need to have in place like the the team you need like sandvik hired people from tech background including myself yes. like just because we understand how to take tech products to market how to do change marketing from legacy marketing to digital marketing um, so you need to hire the right people and we have a whole department we have a leadership team of like seven people who are except for one we are all we all come from tech companies we all we've got developers from the likes of candy crush and all creating products so so you need to have like you know the right right strategy the right team in place you need to understand where you are where you're going to be and what are the gaps Once you have those few things identified, then embark on this journey. And initially, it should be slower just to understand and learn. Mm -hmm. And then as you move along, you can, you know, you keep a check on your speed. I think um, one of the key things is you don't want to move too fast and leave people behind uh, or like, you know, just just create something for the for the sake of like you know impressing the investors let's just say um you just need to make sure like your capabilities are in the right place you are communicating enough and all of those checkpoints need to be in place before you embark on a, a, a full full speed with full speed ahead
0: with any project like digital transformation that has so many moving parts and things to change across so many elements of the business it's a huge operation and you've spoken about not moving too fast and about getting it right, bit by bit, piece by piece, taking one step at a time and testing and iterating and refining and so on. So how do you keep that momentum going? How do you keep the faith of the exec community and all those in the business?
1: Yeah, I think you need to keep a a, a timeline, right? So all the initiatives that you're taking on, you need to identify the milestone within a particular initiative as well. And when you reach that milestone, you need to celebrate that success. You need to make sure that you communicate that uh, this, this, these are the, let's say, an effort and these are the four milestones that we are going to have, and these, this is the timeline. And every time you achieve a milestone, you need to communicate it organization-wide and get keep people excited about it. Uh, when we uh, started this digital transformation process at Kritia, we were like, okay, like we need to just get things done because that's how we did things, right? We just need to get things done and keep moving. And within the first four or five months, we realized that, oh my God, people are getting like really anxious about the fact that they don't, first of all, they don't understand what we're doing. Um, And they they are getting worried about their jobs because they know that we are trying to automate a lot of things, especially like, for example, customer service. We wanted to automate customer service. So all the customer service managers were like, okay, we are not going to have a job so we had to start communicating to them and the way we did was we personalized the communication to each department mm-hmm. what's in it for them talking to them about we're not trying to take over your job or we're not going to be made redundant we just this this effort is going to make you let's just say more efficient more productive yes. making sure that people understand that and people then celebrate the successes with you so we, we created a team of people who were like trying to, when we were trying to implement something, we would uh, uh, get like a, a bunch of people to help out with the project. We also created an incubator where people could just Uh, put in their ideas uh, of how we can like you know digitally transform what kind of digitally digital projects we can undertake that gave them uh, that create actually was usually successful because they they, that gave them something to think about something to understand and be a part of this entire process like more than 20 to 22 percent of the company people were actually involved in this process and then they would go back and talk about their successes and having heard from the peers it makes a lot of difference it's not just the boss telling you it's not just the ceo talking about it it's actually your peers who've been part of this entire process talking about it and you know and then everybody started celebrating these successes and then we made sure that every time we had a success we, we the ceo communicates it widely we had like on the intranet we had like a section for all the projects that we were working on. We had QA, we had a monthly webinar that we would we would like, you know, answer questions. So there were a lot of efforts um, going on and it went on for two years. So it's, it, and people, there were, as we went along, people got more interested and everyone wanted to be a, a part of it.
0: Well, I think celebrating the success of digital transformation is a good place upon which to end the podcast. So Sakina, Thank you very much for what has been a very insightful and brilliant discussion on digital transformation and the role of leadership in that transformation process. I very much appreciate your time and your thoughts today.
1: Sure, pleasure.
0: Before we go, a quick word from the sponsors of this podcast. The podcast this week has been sponsored by UK Multimedia Design and Animation Studio, Kamuka. Please check them out at kamuka.com. That's c-a-m-o-u-k-a.com. If you have any questions or you just want to discuss how we can bring amplified creative thinking to your business, then get in contact with us. All the details are on our website, amplifiedcreativity.com. That's amplifiedcreativity.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like us to consider a specific topic related to the new PL or interview you, just let us know too. We'd be very happy to chat. So I'm Paul from the Amplify Group, and you've been listening to the New PNL principles and leadership in business the podcast series we thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us again next week